You are listening to Let's Talk Shop, produced by Smackna and hosted by Angie Simon. Let's Talk Shop is an ongoing podcast series where sheet metal contractors discuss important topics and trends related to their business. And now, Angie Simon. Hi, this is Angie Simon, president of Western Allied Mechanical and president-elect of National SmackDown. And I'm excited to say that we are going to talk about ESOPs today on Let's Talk Shop. And I'm very excited to say that we're going to talk with Joe Isom from California Sheet Metal, who has established an ESOP with his company. Joe, welcome to our show. Thank you, Angie. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. And I'm really excited you're here because I don't really know a whole lot about ESOPs. Um, and I do know that it's a very popular, it's becoming more popular in regards to an exit strategy for companies. Yep, uh, absolutely. It's something that um, we were introduced probably probably about eight years ago, and we just didn't really understand the concept initially, so we kind of poo-pooed it and, and uh, started looking at different options for our exit strategy and uh, came back full circle back in 2012. And uh, once we were ex- re-explained to it, and we actually had a, a consultant uh, – a gentleman named John Overman with Exit Consulting. Um, he did the research on it for us, and he came back and uh, did a good job of explaining what an ESOP is really all about, which really kind of sold us on the the, the idea of doing an ESOP. Yeah, it was a great experience. So, and that was used to transition your ownership um, from a couple single partners to multiple yeah. partners. Yeah. So. Um, little history we started I wasn't here then but we started in 1908 so the company's been around quite a while amazing interestingly enough it's 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 been sold to two internal employees over the years and there was probably about four or five different transitions since 1908 Um, as the company grew um, we started thinking about okay what are we going to do about the exit strategy how do we you know continue the legacy and how do we move forward um, to keep this company going. And so we started looking into a third party, doing a third party sell. We looked at doing an internal sell to employees and um, just the different ideas of doing a third party. We're concerned about maintaining our current employee staff that we didn't want to risk termination or anything if they got bought by a bigger corporation. And then the internal with the employees, the company had grown to a size where it would be difficult for, a few employees to, to pull off, you know, buying the company. So the ESOP became a really good option for us. Um, so we decided to go that path and we just knew that we can't wait too long because to, to sell a business, um, to pass it on, it takes, it takes years. It takes a while. So, um, we started this back in 2012 and, um, we became, we actually, came to ESOP in 2013. So it took just probably about six to eight months for the process to go yeah. through. Wow. So, so you thought about it, 2012, you were discussing the options or that's when you started looking at the ESOP first and then you switched in 2013. Yep. yep. Okay. Well, so, so we started in 2012, right at the beginning of the year and um, decided to go forward with it. Uh, we used a company, uh, it's called ESOP Inc., Ironically, um, they do a great job, and so what they do a they do a preliminary study as to whether they feel your company could be successful as an ESOP, which 
you just you really have to do that because you don't want to go down the path because it, it it's initially it's quite expensive with all the attorneys and it goes to the Department of Labor Labor and you um, there's a lot of hoops you have to jump through but uh, by using again we used uh, exit consulting to kind of run that whole process for us while we ran our business um, and uh, by we were able to close on December 31st. So we were actually able to capture the whole 2000, the, the uh, I'm sorry, in 2013. Uh, so January one we were, but we actually incorporated it December 31st, 2012. So we were able to use that entire year. Okay. Um, okay. So, so, and in your ASOP, um, I've heard of a variety of different ones um, that the employees are only the office or the non-union employees but I heard that your ESOP includes your union employees? Yeah, so they gave us the options. They said, you know, you can go, you can go a percentage, uh, you can go, you know, 25% ESOP, 75% you maintain the stock, you can go 50-50 or you can go all in, and we decided to go 100% ESOP, and we included all of our employees, period, uh, union, non-union, and the thought behind that, we took a while, my partner and I, we, we quite a few discussions and we were both, we were both union members, 206. Um, okay. And so we came to the union and we realized how important the union entity of our business is. Um, a lot of those employees uh, were instrumental to our growth and our success. So we felt they should be included in that, in that whole ESOP uh, idea. Um, and it's, it's, it's been great. It takes a, it takes a few years for it to click for the employees, because um, yeah. there's the old adage, um, if it if it sounds too good to be true, it's probably not true, you know? Uh, right, right. And so the employees are questioning, so what's gonna happen, what do I lose? Am I gonna lose this, am I gonna lose that? What's it gonna cost me? And it basically doesn't cost the employee anything, they just get an additional um, benefit, which is similar to like a 401k or a retirement plan. Right, so this, so then basically they, benefit mostly when they finally do retire at that point. That's when they were able to take that stock. Yes. Yes. Correct. Yeah. So it goes, it, um, it's that the retirement age is 65 or other, there's other, um, mechanisms that would trigger, uh, paying that employee bond termination or something like that. But it's, it's, there's some time lag, you know, after they're either terminated or they retire. Okay. Okay. Well, um, I actually was listening to a podcast the other day, uh, and it was a conversation with Swinerton as a general contractor, and they started the ESOP back in the 80s. Yeah. Um, and they're a big com very big company. And he said that uh, he made a comment that he had uh, superintendents that are union superintendents that have retired with almost a million dollars worth of uh, stock. It can happen. It can, it can happen. It, uh, the, the thing that really – our first concern was we thought we would lose control of the company. Um, so that's not true because my partner, I, my partner and I were the board and the board makes all decisions. Okay. So I thought, well, shoot, since we're selling hundred percent of our stock, you know, are the employees going to have a say in it? Are they going to have voting rights? And they don't, it's okay. basically the board makes all the decisions. So that was the first big concern that we had. So we were educated on that and it's, it's not an issue. Um, the other one was, well, wow, this is something that we're going to be, you know, others are going to be an obligation with a payout when the employees retire and how do you, where does all this money come from? Well, it's, it's a, it's a government supported 
um, option, and it's basically you become tax-free. So you don't pay any federal or state taxes. Okay. A simple explanation would be if you make a million dollars, if you made a million dollars, you pay 400 to 500,000 in taxes, you no longer pay that. So that basically helps. That was the, the source of paying off the stock to the, to the owners, my partner and I, uh, over, a, over a 10 year period. And um, so it's, it's hard to argue against doing an ESOP. Yeah. Uh, so it's, it's, it's really good. It's a really good exit strategy for somebody that wants to maintain the legacy to keep the company going. Uh, they feel uh, a desire to have their, be their employees benefit beyond what they already have. Um, so yeah, it's a, so then, it's, so it's then a, in 10 years, uh, approximately takes approximately 10 years for you to get your original value out. And that, so you, you at 2023 or so at that point could be, have yeah. most of the value that you put into it out. Yeah. So, yeah. So it's, it, it's that it was a 10 year buyout plan. Um, <laughs> and I'll share with you, we were fortunate um, that we were actually able to we'll have it paid off in uh, seven years. Wow. So, yeah. When I say, when I say we, because I'm an employee now, so that's the strangest yeah. thing is all of a sudden now you're an employee. Uh, right. you're, not the, you're not the owner, not the boss anymore. You are the, you're an employee. Um, so it's, it's interesting. So. so that's that that works out real well. So then now at this point they go continue forward, and then everybody, there's the board members, um, since they make all the decisions. When you transition and retire, let's say you're going to uh, name a new board member or two, probably, yes. and, and they make all the decisions for the company. What, do they get a little bit more stock than at that point? Um, the the board member or yes, the board members. I mean that. No, there's no there's no, no there's no special benefit. You know? All right, so everybody's yeah. even. That's yeah, great. yeah, but yeah. So it's it's pretty it's pretty equal. I mean, in the um, the benefit is based on uh, an individual salary. So okay. lower okay. salary levels, you know, get a smaller percentage of stock, and the higher the higher um, wage earners get the higher because the managers, in essence, are responsible. And our CEO, president, myself, individuals that are managing the company take the the uh, the most responsibility on their shoulders to make this company. Uh, successful and the stock value grow and so uh, and at, this, at this point are your employees really on board with it at this point I imagine that they're seeing their their 401k or whatever grow a lot and they're excited about it yep so they like I said it took the first two or three years it was it just didn't it just didn't register with anybody you didn't really see much of it we have good employees so don't get me wrong we you know we're doing great um, first two or three years, they just didn't really register with them. But as they start seeing their statements in the fourth and fifth year, that really, you start to see uh, a lot more interest. Um, and I say more so than we, you know, we really felt good about where we were anyway. Mm -hmm. um, and then the other part is that we, we form committees um, to make some decisions internal that wouldn't normally include a lower level employee. So that they're, they're feeling, they got to buy and they get feel like part of this growth of the company and they're all technically an owner. And Great. Kind of, so we, Great. Yeah. So it's, uh, it, it kind of opens up the, the ability for these guys to, you know, to, to feel like they're part of the whole success of the company. So they're all, Great. yeah. So. Yeah. Well, it, it sounds like, I mean, I know in our, in our industry, um, so many of our, our group, our companies are family owned businesses and it is hard to continue a family-owned business through the third and fourth generation is what they hear, but they also have very good employees. And I know 
Um, within my peer group, for example, we have a company or two looking at that. Maybe we should, the way we should transition to the next generation, because there isn't any kids in the next generation that want a business, is allow the employees to be the owners. Yep. It's, I think it's a, and I just don't think a lot of people are exposed to the ESOP option. We've all, not all, but we've heard of that acronym and don't really know what it means or what it, what it is. Um, I, I think that in my time, I mean, I started in 1976, so I've been here 43 years. Um, in that time, I've seen plenty of businesses just close their doors because they don't have, uh, you know, family members to pass it on to. They don't have employees that have the wherewithal to take on the, you know, the, the value of buying the company. And so a lot of them just close the doors. And that's sad to see that um, a lot of these companies, you know, over the years have gone out of business just because they don't have a plan. Um, and I think an ESOP is something that um, if you're thinking about it and you're in your fifties or whatever, you know, start looking to consider an ESOP as an option. It's uh, I think it's a, it's a, it's especially when you become tax free, talk about cash, cash building up and ability to, you know, to, to expand and, and purchase equipment. And it's, it's a good feeling. It's, it's great. Opportunity. Now, it sounds like the consultant was very important in, in both ESOP Inc. and, and uh, John from Exit Consulting. It sounds yes. like they both are very, very helpful. It sounds like because there's a lot of, lot of uh, tricks that you've got to learn how to set it up and do it correctly. Well, yeah, that you initially just a little bit stressed because you start hearing all the, uh, all the information that needs to be assimilated and reviewed and evaluated and all these outside. You have a evaluation company, you have attorneys uh, representing yourself, you have attorney representing the employees because you're basically, as an owner, my partner and I, we're selling the stock to employees and so there's a an attorney representing them and on a negotiation of why you what you sell the company for um so you go well, i got to run the business so by right. using a consultant the esop i mean esop inc was great at putting everything together john overham who with exit consulting pretty much he he moved ahead with all of our attorneys our your bonding company, your bank, you know, all the parties involved. And one of the interesting things that he did from day one, which I was a little bit, you know, I'm, I'm like kind of private with, with my life and my finances and my, you know, planning. And, and uh, first thing he did say, we have to get everybody in the room. We want to get your personal financial planner. We want to get the company attorney. We want to get the benefit. We want to get the employee attorney. We want to get your CPA. We want to get, Everybody and anybody that's going to be involved in this all together in a room at one time. So in the first meeting, there was eight people in the room. And that way, everybody has the bonding company pipes in. Well, how are you going to do that? And the bank goes, well, how are you going to do this? And everybody answers the questions around the room. And it, it really, everybody was on the same page from day one. So we knew we didn't have any obstacles or roadblocks. So Great. I highly recommend that if somebody's considering doing it. Yes. Great. Well, you know, um, uh, John Overn from Exit Consulting just spoke at our council meeting and he is actually doing a two-day seminar uh, hosted, I think, by SMACNA up in Seattle on okay. September 9th and 10th. So um, he did, I talked to him when I saw him and he said he did help you with that and, and yes. your transition. So, um, yeah. and, but he did make a point in that talk to say that you really do need to understand it's, it can take 10 years to get your money out and to do the transition. So <clears throat> until you're 60 years old to try to get this. Right. Yeah, that's, that's important. Don't, yeah, don't wait too long to get it done. And then the other part is, um, 
I think you really have to have good managers in place because we all want to feel that um, the legacy is going to continue and that the ESOP is going to be successful. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because there's a commitment to pay off that, you know, the, the, the previous owners. Um, yeah, no, he's right on that part. Um, yeah. And then again, I, I, I wouldn't recommend anybody trying to do it on their own uh, using an outside resources going to help you get through that process and you can run your business. You know, that's, that's a great uh, nugget at the end. It's just, I mean, if anybody's considering doing this, um, I think encouraging them to find the right help and to find the people that know what they're doing is the way to go about it. And, yeah. and then the, I guess the other option, the other thing we said was, and don't wait too long, go yeah. look into transition. We, we certainly on a national level talk all the time about trying about how you're going to exit your company. Yeah. And, um, this is a, a great option. And I think people get a lot out of this podcast. I really appreciate your time, Joe. Oh, great. No, yeah, I, again, I, every time I have the opportunity, I, again, the first time we reviewed it, I was against it because I just didn't fully understand it, but take the time to understand what it is, you know, um, and it's, 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 it's a good, it, it's good for the, it's good for the seller. It's good for the buyer being the employees. And so, no, it's a great deal. And if you continue to work, you're an employee, you get benefits from the ESOP just like everybody right. else. Right. And, and you know what, I think you maybe get some more phone calls from people asking more about this because I think they're going to understand that it was very successful for California sheet metal. So. Yep. We'll bring it on. I'm ready. Yeah. Okay, good. All right. Well, thank you very much for, for taking the time to talk with me and, um, and we'll catch you some other time. All right. All right. Good talking to you, Angie. Let's Talk Shop is brought to you by Smackna the Sheet Metal and Air Conditioning Contractors National Association. For more information, visit smacna.org.